Hello, and welcome to episode 146 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, the yeast all the time, Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello, Al. He smelled worse than a truck stop shitter. <laughs> On this week's episode, we have sequels, non-sequels, and director's cuts, along with other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, the devil all the time. But first, Al, what are we drinking? I kind of like that, the yeast all the time. I kinda, the yeast all the time, that's you, man. It, it kind of worked out. Uh, I'm, I, was, <laughs> I was a fan of that one. Uh, I started off with like yeasty all the time. No, I don't like uh, that. But yeah. Okay, so we're drinking. Sorry, I was just stalling because, you know, you. I didn't realize you actually started. I realized you wanted to seize the opportunity of, of the recording actually work. But I had to <laughs> kill my browser so all my notes and shit were down. Perfect. Uh, we're drinking Einstock Olgerd Icelandic White Ale from Sir Framliador Akurie <laughs> Iceland. Uh, Thanks for I, trying. <laughs> I have no concept of Scandinavian languages. I know how to say Reykjavik. That's the only Icelandic mm-hmm. word I know how to say. I I'm good with the Latin based languages. I'm 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 I can do a couple of other like Eastern <laughs> European a little bit. A handful of phrases and stuff from like Korean, Chinese, Japanese. But <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> you throw those umlauts in there and Al loses his shit. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a fan of the umlaut. There was actually no umlauts in here that were screwing me up. It's <laughs> it's the very long, multisyllabic... Polysyllabic? Polysyllabic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Words that I cannot recognize. Uh, it's ale brewed with coriander and orange peel. Uh, this mm. is cheating because mm. I've had this beer a few times. My first exposure to it was about let's call it six or seven years ago at a craft beer festival in New York city at Lexington armory, when crowds were not inherently unsafe, when you could sure. go out and do fun things with your friends. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. What a time that was. But anyway, we were wandering around. We had like the VIP hour at that one. And there was like something like 65 breweries there, I think. And nice. They sent, you know, most of the time, if you get a local beer, you know, some if you're in New York City, if you get a beer from like the tri-state area or whatever, there's a pretty decent chance you get a representative from the brewery. But when it's outside of that area, you typically just get a generic person from the staff. Well, this one had someone from the brewery. The person was American, but they worked for Einstock, which was cool. That's cool. Um, and so we, that. we got to hang out, talk with them for a little bit. They had two beers there. It was this one and I want to say a porter. That one hasn't taken off quite the Ooh, same way as this one has in the public sure. lexicon. Yeah, I see this everywhere. Yeah. Um, this. So I don't know if this, I'm assuming that, I don't know if it was always the case, but I'm assuming this is their flagship beer because you see this everywhere. Everyone is, and everyone who knows beer seems to know this one over the last right. year or so. Um, and which is kind of cool to watch that progression happen. But uh, yeah, it's a really good sure. beer. The other one was really good, too. I haven't had it since that day, I think. Uh, and they have a few other ones you can find around here, but I don't think I've tried any of the other ones. Um, What's this other- uh, north 65 degrees, west 18 degrees jam? I'm assuming that's their latitude and longitude where they're located. Nice. Where is that? I didn't even see that. It's next to the logo. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, I never even noticed that's what that was. I don't think I ever like processed that there was something next to that. <laughs> You're like, characters, moving on. <laughs> Badass. <laughs> um, 
It's got a little story in the back. Uh, our quest was simple. We wanted to make the best white ale we ever tasted. We got there with the complex flavors of the classic wit beer, including orange peel and coriander, all brewed with pure Icelandic water and a touch of oats that deliver a cool smoothness that is uniquely flavorful and refreshingly drinkable. Oh, here's some more Icelandic. There we go. I was waiting for this. Drektu, Sigradu, and Durktaktu. I feel like you didn't say that loud or aggressive enough on account of all caps and a of final Zoom. and an emphatic period at the end. Well, the thing is, if I said these words very aggressively and loudly, it's going to sound like I'm screaming in German, not Icelandic. Sure, sure. Okay, that's fair. I like this at the bottom. Contains barley malt, wheat malt, wheat, and malted oats. Hmm. This sounds and smells delicious. It but does. before we take a sip, normally I talk about bottle art. Now, there's not a lot to go here, and I actually appreciate this minimalist, minimalist design, but it's adding a new layer to my rating system, and that is texture. Because, you know, you, boy, you, oh boy, is this the nicest paper. It. You were talking about it in my ear while I was trying to do some, uh, <laughs> some sound engineering, a.k.a. getting connected to the Zencaster. That's right. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, you were talking about, like, the texture of the paper, and I was thinking of the scene from American Psycho, when they're comparing the uh, yes, hundred percent. That's exactly it. It's a little. It's an eggshell. Yes, with a a yellowish tint. <laughs> uh, it's got a, little, a few ridges. In. This is like I, I'm like I can't I I can't explain this. You have to get a bottle of this, but it feels really nice. And that's like not a thing you think about when you're holding a beer bottle. <laughs> this one's called Bone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, it's definitely just like it's straight up like thin ivory. And it's <laughs> it's like parchment-y, maybe? Mm-hmm. Like, not parchment paper for baking, like actual, like... Yeah, like Potter legit, style. like it parchment came off a scroll. Right yeah. <laughs> All right, let's give the sucker a taste. Cheers. Cheers. Mm, goes down smooth every time. Oh, man. Oh. Al, I dare say, four thuckles. <laughs> four whole thuckles? Four thuckles. <laughs> thuckles deep. Oh, that's, that's a that's a different, that's a different scale altogether. <laughs> this is delightful. How many fuckles deep would you go? It's uh, a <laughs> god. It's a uh, you said it. Not it me. is it is wildly smooth. It is like flavorful without like being overbearing. Like it's not like there's nothing. There's it's not it's not like overly intense. It's just a it's a very delightful drink. Would you say that it delivers a cool smoothness that is uniquely flavorful and refreshingly drinkable? If you if you really sit with it, you can taste the Icelandic water. Oh, yeah? You can taste <laughs> the Icelandic waters? <laughs> Listen, just oh, let me man. tell you. I have bathed in Icelandic waters, and the mouthfeel of this beer, exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is a treat. It's also like... it's. I feel like it feels far colder in my mouth than it actually is in the glass, and I don't know what that's about. Well, it's the Icelandic <laughs> waters. I guess so. It's oh, This is really good. <laughs> <laughs> I got another beer term for you that you... I, I, I must have said it on the show at some point or other, but you can call me this if you want. But just, you get a whiff you mm-hmm. know, those, those fruity esters. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I, it's, it's everything about it is... Uh, understated but not in a bad way you know i struggle with coriander like i would never just think 
if I was eating something, oh, this has coriander in it. But mm. when I'm drinking a beer, maybe it's just because I know that these particular styles of it often have it, that I immediately, like, know. It was like that time that I recognized the guava in that IPA. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not like you're getting a mouthful of cilantro over here, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's there. <laughs> The one thing is I that said, guava? Yes, but how? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but let's hang on a second. Mm. I still can't believe I did that. That was well done. This is I. Uh, I'm very happy with this. Oh, I, I always am. I bought a case of this a couple months ago when I had a couple of friends over um, outdoors, socially distanced in the sure. fresh air. Man, dare I say this is far better than the movie we're going to review later. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. I, why don't we? Uh, I, I love this beer always. Why don't we get into some news and nuggets? Sure. I'm I'm a little light on news and nuggets. We had an abbreviated, okay. shortened, and rushed uh, pre-show meeting, which is to say that Anthony was frustrated with me as I worked through some def- technical difficulties <laughs> that are entirely up to the fact that I I just don't want to buy a new computer right now. Sure. Um, and like it mostly works. <laughs> so, mm. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. So here's the thing. Before we get into news notes and nuggets, because one of my first, uh, since, since I only have like two technically like notes and nuggets, and one of them is a really short one, um, what we'll do is not what we're watching, not what we're reading, not what we're listening to, what we've been doing. Okay. <laughs> so I have said to Anthony many times, I hate watching the movie the night before we record. I know Anthony right. often does it, whether or not he likes it. I have done it many times, but I've been really trying not to. Mm-hmm. And I've been on a really good run of watching them on Friday and Saturday nights. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, two, two nights is my sweet spot. Yeah, well, I think that's the best for me, having, like, retention and notes and mm-hmm. preparation. But it also lets the score settle, because I'm I'm very positive on things. Very yeah, I, on. I, I tend to be as well, I think, just because, like, I want to like everything. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't really ever go into these not wanting to like it right like in of recent memory and recent is pretty like generous here mm-hmm. the only thing i went into that i didn't want to like that i can think of off the top of my head is joker mm-hmm. but even that like i tried to put that bias aside when i sat down to watch it and the first five minutes would just piss me off so much that uh, it was just no chance mm-hmm. um which mm-hmm. i alluded to in our review of that in that episode but yeah. anyway yeah, we uh, feel differently about that movie. We do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, so I was watching this movie last night after the Yankees playoff game, and that mm-hmm. gave me about an hour, and let's say the first 45 minutes of it I wasn't falling asleep through. Okay. And then I watched the last hour minutes before we started recording this. <laughs> Gotcha. And that was because I was upstate this weekend for a bachelor party. Oh, okay. Which is a good time. Um, nice. Pretty low key. We, I would, I would say that me and and Dominic and one of his friends. Uh, it was for one of Dominic's friends. Uh, well, technically he's already married, but they're having the actual marriage thing next year. A lot of people are doing that this year. That's what they call weddings nowadays. The actual marriage thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, reception and mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. ceremony and all that. Sure. Um, the three of us planned it, and I would say that I heavily leaned on the template that we created for Anthony's bachelor party, which is to mm. say, cabin upstate. We had less people than yours did. You mm-hmm. had a lot of people, actually. 
You had yeah, it was a decent amount. Like nine, I want to say something. Yeah, like that. maybe, you, maybe you ever, more. It might have been more. Um, we had. Six. I think we had. I feel like we had an even amount for some reason, but I'd... it it might have been maybe it was ten or twelve because mm-hmm. I, I think it was less than Alex. Alex, I think was like fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we had six people. So it was pretty low key. Got a cabin upstate near Hunter Mountain. Um, on ish Hunter Mountain, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we uh, you know, had had a good time. I did some grilling. We had a lot of meats. We had sure whiskey, some beer, some poker, some some lawn games. We we're supposed to do a hike, and that didn't happen. Mm. Um, we overslept our mark by about two and a half hours on Saturday morning. So <laughs> a little hungover. Well, for me, it was just exhaustion. I mean. Mm. I definitely had some drinks, which is to say about three quarters of a bottle of Breckenridge whiskey. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, Good choice. It was. I was like, Jenny! Jenny! <laughs> I was texting with you and Jay about it when I bought it. Um, but no, I wasn't really hungover. I was just long week of work, long day of work, up yeah. until nearly, no, sorry, after two in the morning, mm-hmm. drinking and hanging out. Nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Yeah, exactly. Bare hands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we were supposed to get up at seven o'clock, and I set an alarm for seven o'clock, and I woke up at nine thirty. And there was like one other person who was awake, awake, and I was like, I mean, you could have woken us up, and we could have tried this. And it's like, I didn't think it was going to work. I was like, it wasn't. It wasn't. Gonna work. <laughs> It doesn't mean you don't try. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, usually you give the courtesy, hey, guys, you want to hike? And you're going to fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me you alone. don't have to throw an empty beer bottle out of my head. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> no, it was a nice place. Getting a broken glass would have been shitty. Um, mm-hmm. But we had a good time, you know? It was, a, But mm-hmm. it meant that I didn't get to this movie on Tuesday night late. I was hoping I was going to have a pretty easy first half of this week of work before a kind of shitty end to my week of work. And instead, I got shit on the front end, and I'm expecting I'll still get shit on the back end. So, here we are. So, now this bachelor party. I've yeah. got some questions. Go on. First off, you did some grilling. Oh, yeah. Did you also make 16-hour potatoes? I don't know if you remember, but the potatoes at my bachelor party simply were never ready. <laughs> I was not in charge of the potatoes at the bachelor party. I did the okay. grilling. Gotcha. I grilled steaks. I grilled burgers. Okay, um, so, so far, d- difference number one, sands of potatoes. Yeah, no, we had potatoes. I just, I, I, there's a, a pretty good supermarket. I ended work about 20 minutes from where I had to end up, which was great. I was like, oh, this is going to be like an hour and a half drive to and from. It was only an hour and a half drive back, and I had people on the ride, so it wasn't so bad. Going okay. up, I only had to go about 20 minutes from where I finished work, which is where the supermarket was. And I did a big shop, got us all a bunch of porterhouse steaks, nice. a bunch of burgers, a bunch of sausage. Sausage was really good, by the way. Um, you know what? How I, I usually you know, feel when you, if you get good sausage, peppery. You don't mm. have to do anything to the sausage, but when you grill it and it comes out, peppery, good sausage. Yeah, that's fair. That what's nicely spiced and blended. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, underrated part that, of good sausage. But I like, I like I like fennel in my sausage. Sure, if you can get it. Um, yeah. Bought a couple of bags of French fries. So much quicker that way. Oh yeah. Far quicker. Because we did baked Days. potatoes, right? Days quicker. <laughs> was it, it was baked potatoes? I don't know what they were. They, they took forever. <laughs> Didn't Chris do that? Yeah. 
I just have a feeling that maybe the oven was either not on or was on really low. <laughs> well, now I will say, uh, shittiest grill I've ever used in my life. Mm. Yeah. So tiny gas grill. Mm-hmm. I was afraid like the propane tank was empty, and there was some sort sure. of contraction rigged underneath there with like two by fours. So I didn't mm-hmm. want to mess with the fucking tank. Of course. But I had to pick it up, and I was like, "Nope, this is full. Never mind." Yeah. Um. So the way it worked was, you know, small like this, yay big. You know, mm-hmm. obviously the audience can't see this, but sure. Can. Let's call it's it about one cubit. <laughs> <laughs> it's one square cubit. <laughs> it's about five hands across. Remember when we talked hands a couple weeks ago? <laughs> so working on the horse grill and, <laughs> uh, you know, one of those ones that only two, like, um, grit, like grates, like not three. Mm-hmm. And... I guess they had, what are they, are those the flavorizer bars? Flavor bars? Is that what it is? The triangular thing? Yeah. That, it's like the surface area or whatever? Yeah. But, so there's three of those across the middle. Okay. Horizontal. Horizontal, perpendicular okay. to the grates themselves. Yeah. Okay. But the jets for the propane only went around the outside of the box. That's stupid. Sure is. It sure okay. is. Now, <laughs> These steaks are done on the edge. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, oh, you should have seen me trying to cook the fucking sausage. I had them all in like one corner <laughs> because it only basically worked across like uh, this much of one side and this much of the other. <laughs> oh my God. That's so stupid. And so I, I think it was probably like they didn't use it enough. And mm-hmm. so like the, the jets got clogged up probably. Could be. But also... There's no jets in the middle of the grill. Right. Yeah, that's, that seems like a mistake. All right. So, so plus what? So, better grill at my bachelor party. Oh, for better sure. potatoes pretty, pretty at sick. your bachelor party. <laughs> yeah. So, I realized that these, these, these guys are all they're still figuring out how to be men, you know? No, okay. this isn't like a alpha macho thing. It would just mean like, yeah. like they're figuring out how to like adult. Sure. Like, a couple of them live on their own. I don't think they do much cooking. Got it. Um, which is funny because I don't live on my own and I don't do much cooking, but also you've, you've met my parents. Mm. Uh, <laughs> sure have. <laughs> I, have, I, have I have had to learn how to cook despite right. the fact that I do not exercise that muscle often at all. So I yeah. guess it's something of a like natural skill of mine, an inherited trait. Yeah. I mean, also we're, we're also talking meat plus flame equal done. So there's not, there's not a lot of science here. <laughs> Sure, although it was pitch black out there. Poor lighting. Okay. <laughs> and you, God knows you weren't getting any from the flame. No, God knows. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, okay, better grill at mine, better potatoes at yours. Now, where on, well, I think, like... I think that I worked excellently with a bad situation. I will say a couple of the burgers came out uh, fairly rare, which I'm not a fan of, but mm-hmm. most of them were probably medium rare. Okay. Um, to medium well in that range. So I think they came out fine. I learned my mistake so that when the sausages came around, those came out fully cooked. Steaks, Good. I cooked to perfection. Nice. Quite rare, but intentional. <laughs> right, 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 right. Of course. So question, were there, were there breakfast beers involved? Because Barrett broke open the breakfast beer and it was a game changer. <laughs> so we planned for and executed breakfast mimosas. Excellent. Um, and they're the, Pinkies the, up. <laughs> the mimosas flowed heavily. I, I made okay. a bunch of eggs. 
Amazing. <laughs> Bottomless mimosas. Where are the champagnes coming from? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't understand. Did you bring these? <laughs> this is you amazing. You open the fridge. There's a new bottle of champagne in there. How? <laughs> so um, would you say that my bachelor party had 100% more dead pig? Well, I had two really hefty hamsters. <laughs> so... <laughs> I okay, but you but you 90, did not have to to gut it yourself. More pig. Okay, ninety. That's fair. That's fair. Now, where do we land on Nazi paraphernalia? <laughs> oh, thankfully, there is no Nazi paraphernalia, unless you include the Fox News branded Keurig machine. I think that counts. <laughs> so again, ninety eight percent more at mine. Yes, but but a non zero amount at yours. 98% more Nazi paraphernalia. Oh my god. So the other thing that that threw me off about the Fox News curing, it wasn't that there was some sort of indication that it was sponsored Fox News. Because I thought it was just a sticker. Oh no. But it wasn't. It was like screen printed on. Was this like a a giveaway, you think? Some sort of giveaway situation? It must have been, because it wasn't even, like, I'm not even using Keurig the way one uses Kleenex. Like, mm-hmm. it was a Keurig, not just, right, like, right. a Keurig-type machine. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it wasn't a single cup coffee machine. It yeah, was a Keurig. The word Keurig was on the thing, and slightly over from the thing on top of the, the flat for the reservoir of water was screen-printed Fox News logo. <laughs> I was God, just, that's terrible. I was just, I was baffled by that all weekend. <laughs> just like, oh man, like how does one get one that comes with the Fox News tag? You take your coffee with a splash of racism. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, that okay. So it, it sounds like it was a good time. Steaks yeah. sound good. I could actually go for a steak. It's been a while. It's been a while. Oh, glad I'm so. glad you didn't have to deal with with Nazi flags and helmets. Well, the helmets were fun. The uh, <laughs> What about what about um readily available guns? <laughs> so there was far fewer. There was a door with two, not one, but two heavily secured locks on it. Mm. So I imagine it was either guns or a sex dungeon. Got it. But I could not. It's got to be one the of guns, the two, right? So I cannot confirm nor deny. Fair. I would say that this was less a hunting cabin than a ski cabin. Hunter is a popular ski destination. There were like six or seven sets of skis downstairs. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So there was 99% more imminent danger at mine. <laughs> yes. Because like, while sure there was gun safes and lots of cameras, there was very thin panes of glass securing sure. a lot of the guns. Yeah. Oh, and let's not let's not say secure. The, they were unlocked. <laughs> oh, were those unlocked? Oh, oh the doors opened. <laughs> See, I don't think I was actually ever there when the doors physically opened. I know some people yeah. were questioning it. I know some people were inspecting it. I never saw yeah. it open. So. Well, I think it started off when we got to the cabin and we saw the guns in the case. We were like, I don't know that I want to know if the door is unlocked. And then by the end of that day, it was like, the door is unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the end of the next day, helmets. <laughs> right, helmets. Man, there's a, there's just that, there's a great picture of us all playing poker. With World War II helmets on. I think one of them was a World War I helmet, wasn't it? Well, I think the one that... Yeah, no, not James. Somebody was wearing a World War I helmet, though. Maybe it was James. I don't know. You're, you looked fantastic. You had that, like, saucer helmet. Like, it's, it was like... It, you almost looked like Raiden. 
<laughs> Mortal Kombat. And uh, the picture that I have of us playing, like, you're also half asleep. It's really, it's great. Really? It's just fantastic. Sure I wasn't just luring you guys into a false sense of security? Oh, no. I, your cards are pretty much showing to the world <laughs> because you're falling asleep. <laughs> I don't have fault. I'm just falling asleep. But uh, awesome. Well, I'm glad you had a. I'm glad you had a weekend. I will say there was probably more. I definitely had more drunkenness at your bachelor party. Sure. Um, not to say that I didn't drink enough in this one. I did take my foot off the pedal on Saturday night this time. We did have a smart long day of drinking though. Mm-hmm. But there was some pretty aggressive can jam and some pretty aggressive civil war. Nice. So. Um, what is Civil War? Oh, you never played Civil War? Um, oh, I, no. I had the pleasure of introducing this to four of the five of them. and was it? Is it like True American? <laughs> no, no, no. JFK, FDR. <laughs> Where does the trash go? <laughs> <To> the <hall. laughs> um, so Civil War is a variation of beer pong in which you can play as many people aside as you want. So 3v3, 4v4, 5v5. Oh, okay. Table size permitting. And everyone plays with a set amount of cups, typically a smaller amount of cups. We were playing three cups per person. Uh, Okay. However many people on each side there is, is how many balls are in play total. So we were playing... Good God. (laughs) We were playing 3v3, so there's three balls. Okay. And unlike in beer pong, there's no turns. Oh, God. Anytime it's just like trenches. <laughs> yeah, you can throw a ball anytime you want. The only caveat being that if someone has hit one of your cups, you cannot shoot, but you can have it to your teammate and he can shoot. Okay. And until, your cups are you, separated. They're in front of you. you. What's that? Your cups are directly in front of you? Yes, though you can arrange them in any configuration you would like as long as they are all touching. Okay. Well, at least like there's got to be contact between each cup and at least one other cup. Yeah, so you're probably going, everybody's probably going with the Savage number three on the die. Where where it's just like, it's diagonal, but it's not in the right place. It's not not across, it's not boarded. I think I did an inverted flying wing at one point. Uh, Okay. But, uh, yeah, that was... Quack. Quack. (laughs) Quack. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so anyway, anyone can shoot at any time. You can't shoot until you've drank the beer that's been hit of your own cup. Okay. Um... There is no bouncing. There's no swatting of... Like, when you say there's no bouncing, is it like disqualified or is it just that there's no double cup? No double cups are no incentive. Okay, but you can bounce it in. You can do it. It's just it, it's just one cup. Sure. That's mostly just to stop mess because things tend to get hectic and people swap oh, cups. Oh, of course. Of course. This is not an indoor game. This has to be played outside. Um, right. Makes sense. When the ball is loose... You can acquire it by any means necessary, short of physical harm to an opponent. There's no, it rolled off the table, so I get it. It's a free-for-all. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, I have a couple That's of where the Civil War comes into play. I have a couple of bruises from, from this game. Good, good God. Okay. One, of one of them's pretty intense, actually. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Uh, Do you remember when I got hit in the head with what, the volleyball at my... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Once you're eliminated... Sorry. Uh, you can still try and go hunt down balls for your teammates. All right, all right, like a ghost. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> more tangible. Um, the ghost of a civil war general. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Just stocking up on ammo for the rest of your army. <laughs> it's a it's a fast and furious game. It's a good time. 
Nice. Nice. That actually sounds like a lot of fun. I haven't played beer pong in a very long time, but I would be, I would be down to play play a game. Um, cool. That's what parties are fun. I uh, what where, where did you guys land on the dollar coup? Did you <laughs> did you play any dollar coup? <laughs> uh, I'm not. I don't know if I'm familiar with that one. We, we were playing the game coup with the or coup if you're Michael Warren. <laughs> and <laughs> that was a it's a game. It's a bluffing game. Were you asleep for this? This was early. This was in the morning. This was morning eggs and beer and coup. Definitely there for breakfast. I just don't remember that. All right. The the coup is a great game. If you haven't played it, we'll we'll definitely get that. But we were playing dollar games of coup just because it was fun. <laughs> Fair. But nice. We, we were we were playing we were playing poker and Brian, the guy whose bachelor party it was, on Friday night. So I would say that we we got up to the place just before five. Now they mm-hmm. drove from around where I live, so it was about an hour and a half drive for them. For me, it was 20 minutes. Although they, they basically got off the highway right near the, the thing. Like, they met me in the parking lot and we went because, like, I was just finishing up shopping when they were getting up there. We got up there just around 5. I guess they drank a 12-pack of Twisted Tea in the car. I don't know why Twisted Tea specifically. Hmm. But just have to let that be for now. Yeah, that's not a good choice under yeah. any circumstances. So by 7.30, which was when we were, like, setting the table and sitting down, and I was almost done cooking, Brian was blackout drunk. Perfect. Now, Brian is pretty lightweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand because he is Irish, but okay. Mm-hmm. And we started playing poker at, let's call it 9 o'clock. He was falling asleep at the table. We had to force feed him a bang energy drink. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Well, I was actually getting a little worried. I was like, he's like been blackout for the past 90 minutes and we were like forcing him to eat and right. he's not getting not blackout. Right. We started our own drinking game because he kept saying, I got to slow down, guys. I got to slow down. So every time he would say, I got to slow down, <laughs> we would all have to cheers and say to slowing down and take a drink. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. It actually was pretty funny. Uh, he didn't realize it was going on. Um <laughs> So That's we were playing great. poker. He apparently even sober doesn't know how to play poker and was trying to play with nice. us while black got drunk. So somehow I managed to play like two hands for a while. I was like, guys, I know that this looks like cheating, but just realize that he keeps getting phenomenal hands and I'm getting terrible hands and I'm winning for him. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, I, to circle back to civil war for a second, what, what what kind of beer are we working with in the beer pong games? Um, or was we it just like a, a hodgepodge? We played a handful of drinking games. Uh, so Brian likes sour beers. So me and Dominic acquired like six different types of sour beers for. Nice. So some of it was that I had picked Ooh, up. I don't know that I want to play a game with a sour. <laughs> no, it was great. I mean, these were all good all right. ones. So we had a couple right. from Dogfish Head. There was one from. Little Sequench Ale. Yeah, actually, that was one of them. Yeah, uh, there was another one, one too. Though it was like a cranberry one that was really good. Um, nice. I got, I finally got a hold of, and I'm gonna have to get it for us for the show. The sour Mon- monkey victory, sour monkey. Nice. It was as good as anticipated. There was another one that I don't think I ever caught the name of. So, but uh, that was most of it. I had picked up, I think, like a twelve pack of Sam Oktoberfest. So. Nice, nice. Oh, well, this, was a, this was a fun tangent, and I like how we kept it as as much as it was like kind of not related to the show. We kept bringing the beer back in, exactly, which 
puts it back to the forefront. So that's perfect. Um, so that's what you've been doing. I, uh, I'm going to go with more traditional. I started watching The Boys. Yes, you told me the other and, day. And uh, I am thoroughly enjoying it. I don't know. Everybody told me that I would. Well, uh, I was saying, I think me, good me and Dominic, especially, like, this mm-hmm. is going to be right down your alley. Like, dark, yeah. funny, bad superheroes, you know, yeah. like, like taking the piss out of superheroes. Mm-hmm. I love how, like, every 40 minutes, I'm like, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel about this. <laughs> well, it's like that first scene, like you said. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's it's dark. It's a dark show for sure, but uh, very much enjoying that. Um, she turned into mist. Get what? What? Oh, <laughs> get getting into some news and nuggets here. I uh, are you familiar with the movie The Craft? No. Okay, The Craft came out a long time ago in the nineties, and it was a uh, it was kind of a hit for like. I don't know, like, our, our cousins liked it. Like, I think that's how we got into it. Like, we watched it. You know, it's just, it, it's, uh, it's like young girls and witchcraft. So this is Kelly and Tony. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it was a movie. I don't remember really anything about it. There is another one coming out. <laughs> and it's, it's called The Craft Legacy. And now I, was I need to read to you... The crap, yeah, I should, that, that would have been a better title. Uh, I need to read to you this one-liner from Screen Rant that I read through it. I was like, this is a thing that's happening? And I watched the trailer, and I was like, all right. It actually, I mean, it it doesn't look bad. It looks fine. Um, but this, let, let me, just bear with me on this sentence, because this is some, we, have, we haven't we have had some word salad in a while, <laughs> and, and here it is. Bob, Bob Honey who do stuff? <laughs> yeah. The brand new trailer for Blumhouse's The Craft Legacy. Oh, this is re- a Blumhouse movie? <laughs> re- re- get re- this is the roller coaster, ready? Revealed that the standalone sequel directly connects the original movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm just going to end- say no because <laughs> it contradicted itself three times. <laughs> and I said, what does that mean? <laughs> And I was like, wait, at the end, so I read this, I read this whole thing. I was like, is it a sequel? <laughs> I just, like, I don't, I still have no, no answer here. A standalone sequel. It is a standalone sequel directly connecting to the original movie. <laughs> so it's a sequel. Right. We could have removed 18 words from that sentence. I think what we're getting out of this, is this is a reboot. If we were to follow the language in Jay and Silent Bob's rebooted. <laughs> But it's not. It's a direct sequel that ties into the thing. Mm. But it's like a spiritual reboot. <laughs> I don't know. It's the same. I think it's like a similar type of storyline, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, it's not, even, it's not even important that this is coming out. What's important was the way that that was phrased. And that's really all I wanted to get to on that. Yeah, I, I don't um, think I've ever even heard of The Craft. I'll probably watch it just because I I did watch the craft like when I was younger and um there's like there's like an unnecessary nostalgia there so <laughs> why not uh so that was so I had mentioned in the intro we've got sequels non sequels and uh, director's cuts would you like the sequel or the director's cut next director's cut the Godfather Coda the death of Michael Corleone is the director's cut. Of Godfather Part Three, <laughs> with a all new beginning and end. <laughs> well, I was gonna say I didn't. It was, I thought I read a, a snippet a couple weeks ago. Totally forgot about it. 
that was it? Didn't he just say he was just remaking it? I I don't know. All that, all I know is that this is in the works. It's coming out in December. It's got an all new beginning and end. Now, are they going to Photoshop in <laughs> or out some sort of? Well, that's the question. Situation, right? Pacino. Yeah, because this was uh, if you if you circle back to our previous episode, this was when this was before he started Pacinoing all over the place. Right? Is that how we? <laughs> Is that how we described his current actions? <laughs> I, I don't remember, but it sounds right. Is this the Freddy Krueger effect? This is the Freddy Krueger effect. Yeah, no, this is the this is the ooh I, I I actually forgot. I have a good handle on the Diane Krueger effect because I still have right. been too lazy to look up what that actually is. Sure. And at this point, I'm going to be mad if anyone writes in and tells me. Yeah, I, it's just from now on, it's the Diane Krueger effect. When the legend becomes fact, <laughs> but. I know we came up with a Freddy Krueger effect, and I don't recall what it was. Yeah, and I do think it had something to do with him. <laughs> was it when you so dream that's... about something? Is that what it was? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe. That sounds right. Uh, but yeah, so that's a thing that's happening that um, I don't know. I'm kind of curious. Does anybody want that? Does anybody care? No. I mean, as far as the two of us are concerned, no. But I, I'm, I'm sure there's a market. And then I was like, this, this news story popped up. And then that followed up after it was like that they're doing some like documentary style movie about the making of The Godfather. And I was like, why is this all of a sudden relevant? <laughs> Did we ever get to that story on the new Dune that I sent you a few weeks ago? Hmm, don't remember you sent it. I think I had it in the rundown and I think I skipped it. it Caught for time. Too long of an episode that day. Hmm, okay. But well, I know we've gone back and forth on it a few times, but in this story about the new movie, it was because it, it came out around the time that the, the new trailer dropped and like they took like some new interview questions with um with Villeneuve and they they took back some stuff from like what he'd said when he was first like signed on to do it, but it is two movies. Oh, okay, cool. Good. Like basically they took a big part of like an interview with him and in it he said Yeah, I was always super interested in all of this, but I would have never done it unless they were going to give me two movies to tell the story. Okay, so good, good. that's I do good. think that we might have I think we might have talked about that because it was like thank God and also makes sense when you see the trailer. Yeah, but um, that's cool. I'm I'm, I'm glad for that. Uh, so the other piece of this puzzle was sequels. Yes, actual sequels, not beating around the bush, not spiritual successors revealed to be standalone sequels directly tied into the first one. Just a sequel. The Lion King two is going to be made. By director Barry Jenkins of Moonlight and if Beale Street could talk fame. Wait, they're giving it like a real Lion There's King There's a sequel, two? yeah. Not the Lion King 2 Simba's Lament or anything like that. It's just like the Lion King 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there was a Lion King 2. Yeah. I don't think but it it's had not... a theatrical release. But No, it was a, it was a straight to DVD. But unlike most of those shitty Disney director videos, it had Matthew Broderick and Nathan yeah, Lane and everyone. That sounds right. I vaguely remember them actually having the cast. I never saw it. Wait, was that two or one and a half? No, it was two. I never saw one and a half. Okay. I never saw either. Of I those. think it was Lion King 2 Simba's Pride. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I saw it a couple of times. Like I kind of aged out of that at that point, but my sister liked it. So I know I saw it a couple of times when she was a kid. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. 
So that's cool. Uh, it, it was, you know, uh, Favreau's not doing it. Um, so are they, wait, so are they doing that movie then? Or is it no. like totally? From what I understand, it's a, it's a, it's a blank canvas sequel to The Lion King. Interesting. Um, now, I don't know getting... what that could mean. Is there more story to tell there? No, I feel no. I don't. I I agree. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I, let's. I'll just say this. I can't think of any other story other than Simba's pride. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll come up with something. Um, <laughs> right <laughs> now, is all the cast coming back? Are they getting like Donald Glover and all of them to come back and do it? I don't know. It seems like the news is pretty early. Okay, but. Um, just that it was happening, and, it's not, and John Favreau is not directing it. Uh, it was uh, Barry Jenkins is taking over, taking the mantle. But uh, cool. So we'll see. We'll see what that's all about. Then there was the questions of like, is there going to be like brand new music then? Because there's no music left, <laughs> which could be interesting. They said well, there's apparently there's some good songs from the sequels that I'd never heard that they could potentially work in, depending on what they do with it. But um, it doesn't sound like it's it's going to follow those. There definitely were songs in the second one. There were there were songs. I don't remember them, but there were songs. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, you got another new for me. <laughs> you have a you have a popcorn uh, nugget. Is that what's uh, yeah? Uh, so let's go with the nugget first, and then okay. I'll finish it up with the news. So in the keeping with the Diane Kruger effect, mm. I was reading an advanced review. I would have loved to have done a, what we're watching on the new season of Fargo, but I haven't got a chance to watch it. Okay. So it wouldn't have really worked. But sure. It would have just been a lie. I have an intention to watch Fargo. But in keeping gotcha. with that, I was reading What oh new segment. What we intend to watch. Yes. <laughs> what what we're intending to watch. And <laughs> I still haven't started season two of the boys yet. My brother keeps bothering me. I was like, dude, I just don't have time, especially with like sports in full swing right now. There's too mm. many sports right now. Like there was hockey playoffs, basketball playoffs, baseball. Like, those are ending, and now football has started, and I am a football junkie, so that it is what it is. Mm. But I'm I'm intending to watch The Boys Season 2. I'm intending to watch a couple of other things, and I'm intending to watch Fargo. That's probably going to jump to the top of my queue because that show is excellent, generally. Mm. I was reading the, like, the advanced review that dropped the day of the premiere on Sunday. Uh, it was Alan Seppenwall. He did, like, a spoiler-free, like, kind of, like, dive into the season because he got a bunch of the advanced screeners. I don't know if he got the whole season or not. And he mentioned that there was a memorable scene shot in the same train station from the Untouchables. I was like, ha Now yeah. I know that reference because we just right. did that movie. Diagonal nice. effect. And sure. then the next day I saw a commercial for the new season and saw a snippet of the oh my God. those stairs. That's, I was like, that is, There it is. It's right there. Amazing. Why did why did we name it that? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Oh, did I? Did, no, you know what? It was? <laughs> it was because I was like, I can't remember what that's called. I know it's got a name. I said, and the name that keeps popping into my mind, even though I know it's not it, was the Dunning Kruger effect. I got so it. We'll call this one the Diane Kruger effect. <laughs> there it is. That's okay, why. cool. Thank God. Oh, that was going to bother me. All right. The problem, though, that, was I like, didn't remember enough. what the Freddy Krueger effect was. Sure. Um, anyway, that was all. That was my little nugget, my little popcorn nugget. Uh, yeah. My final popcorn chicken. I keep forgetting to open up this tab with this thing. Um, I have a note about Avatar 2 because oh. we were discussing that last week. You asked me if that's actually a thing. I said, I'm pretty sure 
they're mostly done with like the first two of them because they're they wrapped it currently. So this was a story from a couple days ago on Deadline. James Cameron says Avatar two filming is one hundred percent complete. Avatar three is ninety five percent complete. Semicolon praises New Zealand COVID response. Is that the title of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, that is the title of this article on Deadline by Nancy. Uh, oh man, ninety-five percent. That's a very specific percentage to be giving. Well, that's what I'm gonna give. I'm gonna go through this a little bit. James Cameron provide. This is such a weird way to start an article. James Cameron provided his Terminator star Arnold Schwarzenegger with an update on the Avatar sequels during a recent chat for. The 2020 Austrian World Summit. What? Wait, is this a sequel, <laughs> but standalone? <laughs> that directly ties into the first one. <laughs> Speaking by video conference from New Zealand, Cameron said, quote, we're 100% complete on Avatar 2 and sort of 95% complete on Avatar 3. He added that the team is currently working on shooting the remainder of the live action. Cameron explained that the production lost... About four and a half months owing to COVID-19, which hit us like it hit everybody. It hit us hard. Avatar 2's release, as previously announced, quote, rolled around a full year because of the pandemic lockdowns. In July, Disney moved all the Avatar sequels, setting Avatar 2 on December 16th, 2022. Avatar 3 on December 20th, 2024. The fourth (laughs) and fifth pictures are due in 2026 and 2028. (laughs) We have to remember, they want to do these as holiday releases, and Star Wars is going to be in the intervening years. 2022? (laughs) I think you're missing out on the fact that the fifth one is going to be in 2028. No, that one's not coming out, Al. (laughs) (laughs) The fifth one. Get out of here. (laughs) Cameron praised New Zealand's management of the coronavirus outbreak, saying, quote, we're very lucky in that we chose this as our (sighs) site years ago. We made the first film here in New Zealand, and it turns out to be ranking first or second best country in the world for its COVID response. In June, it announced it was virus-free, though an August outbreak in Auckland forced a new alert level that has since been down. Cameron and producer John Landau traveled back to New Zealand in June to return to work after production was halted by the virus in March. Special dispensation to enter the country was also given to 55 crew members working on the sequels. To Schwarzenegger, I still can't get over that this was all delivered directly to Arnold Schwarzenegger. He said... We're able to operate, we're able to shoot and have a much or, sorry, a more or less normal life here. We're very fortunate, so I don't see any Roblox just getting the picture finished, getting both pictures finished. Other than that, Cameron wouldn't be led on details. I can't tell you anything about the story, he told Schwarzenegger. I believe in the mystery and the great reveal. And underneath that, there's a video of their chat. So, like, my God, when did the first one come out? <laughs> Sometime in 2009. Dear me. That's I want to say, crazy. I want to say summer of 2009. But like they have, so there's a slate for five. Correct. Well, four, four. Oh, I thought you said the fifth one. The fifth one, but one has already existed. So there's a slate for four. I meant as a whole. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So you're telling me that they have, 
one would assume <laughs> that they, they have they five finished. independent stories to tell that tie into each other as sequels that are, in fact, sequels directly related to the previous one. Though this one has been many years since, so maybe it's not directly related, but it is a sequel. <laughs> well, remember, it was intended to have come out nine or ten years after the first one. And we'll get it with all hope, I guess, 13 years after the first one. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how American Reunion came out 13 years after the first American Pie, but it was a 10-year reunion. Sure. Avatar 2. Got it. <laughs> Ipso facto. Avatar 2. <laughs> right. The James um, Cameron effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh... I don't care. Like, I just don't care at all. All I want is to go on Flight of Passage again. That's all I want. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> but, uh, what, what, whatever. That's your news and nuggets. You want to get into some fun and games? Sure. Let's do it, shall we? Um, I've got an interesting one for you today. I think you're going to like it. The title of this quiz is Which British Actor is Your Soulmate? Oh, wow. Um, more on that. When we get into the movie. Uh, Wait, actor? Let's start. What type of holiday do you like most? City break? Cruise? A beach holiday? Adventure holiday? Other? Beach. Sometimes, some of these I should just answer for you. <laughs> Where do you like going on a first date? Drinks? Dinner? Skydiving? A nice walk? Other? I mean, gen- I would say dinner and drinks, but... Sure. Um, Let's let's go. With I dinner. think dinner can include drinks, but drinks doesn't necessarily include dinner. How about that? Do you want to that, go dinner? That is accurate. So let's go with dinner. Let's get the two for one okay. special here. Got it. Got it. Makes sense to me. Do you like coffee or tea in the morning? Oh, coffee. Yeah. Like, like I'm not going to read the other options. <laughs> what time do you get up in the morning? Midday? Before 7 a.m.? Before 9 a.m.? Before midday? Other? Before 7 a.m. What type of movie do you like the best? Thriller? Romantic? Action? Comedy? Mm-hmm. Other? Uh, I guess Thriller. Okay. All right. How much do you drink in a week? Not at all. Three times a week. More than twice a week. Once or twice a week. Uh, I guess let's go with three. That's interesting. One of the options is three times a week, and another option is more than twice a week. (laughs) Yeah, I was a little confused by that as well, but... How often do you get frisky with your partner? Once a week, twice a week. What does frisky mean? All day, every day, once a month. What does frisky mean? <laughs> <laughs> what do you most look for in a partner? Looks, how rich they are, compatibility, personality, <laughs> other. Um, personality. How often do you watch TV? Once a week, three times a week, don't have time, every night. Is there a way to combine don't have There's time an other. and every night other? of the week? <laughs> we'll select other for that one. Sure. How would you do at the beach? What? Oh, what would you do at the beach? That was weird. Surfing, relax, drink, smoke some weed. Um, drink. So to be clear, sunbathing and swimming, not options. <laughs> Yeah, I was a little confused about that as well, but let's just, let's just ride, man. All right, we're calculating your results. Who are we going to get? Oh, look at you. Your soulmate is Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, wow. Uh, who is best known for his role as Sherlock Holmes. You and Benedict are a match made in heaven for each other. 
you will travel the world together, have many children, and end up in a sleepy village outside London, where you both will start a family. You will learn about the film industry and become a vital part of the future success. Enjoy. I'm officially a Cumberbitch. You're <laughs> Alessandro Valsi. <laughs> Cumberbitch. <laughs> With that, let's get into our flick of the week. The Devil All the Time, released in 2020, rated R at 2 hours and 18 minutes. This is your IMDb synopsis. Sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backward, backwards, backwoods, backwards too, backwoods town teeming with corruption and brutality. Uh, See, I do most of the reading on this show, and you laugh at me. It's not so easy. <laughs> <laughs> You know what it is? The key is if you read it once beforehand, you're usually good. Oh, yeah. Practice definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Which is why I fuck up so many of those back of the beer bottle readings. The combination oh, yeah. of that and the poor lighting in this room and often the weird or small fonts on like not like opposing color background. Mm-hmm. You, you just you got to you got to give it the once over. You got to know which words are coming. Yes. Well, not too much time, though, because then you overthink it. Then uh, you start worrying about pronunciation. It's not. Yeah. Uh, Al, give me your tweet length review. Sure. Sad. Dark. <laughs> sad. Meandering. Pointless. Sad. <laughs> awesome. Five out of uh, five. Okay, cool. Wow. All right, well, first off, our scores are spot on. Would you like tweet length review A or B? <laughs> uh, well, which one is which? Uh... I don't know what that means. Well, like, what differentiates the two of them? Like, is one a they're joke just different versions of each other. They're both they're both sassy. <laughs> what I'm saying, like, is one of them like the one that was serious, and the other one like the snarky, like grenade you're talking? No, one of, one of them was the first one that I wrote, and the other one is when I started to write my pre-spoiler notes. I got I just I just started going. <laughs> so and it turned like a, it into another like a one. Tweet length rant, and the other one is they're both they're both tweet length rants. To be okay. clear, well, give me whichever one. All right, you you can you can get both. Which one do you want first? Which one becomes the official one? Or actually, I guess you could decide after. You'll decide after which one's the official one. Give me the one that you think is better or more entertaining. Second. <sighs> okay. Cool. Um, all right. Starting off with the first one I have here: a sick, twisted, and wildly unnecessary ride combined with forced character connections, accents, and painfully obvious face prosthetics. Five out of ten. The character connections. I mean, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I literally could not tell which who was coming and going, where and when. <laughs> also. Like, it feels like all of these people were interconnected across an area that's like, let's call it the size of a county. But sure. no, it's like it's five miles. states that don't, like, adjoin. It's ten miles. Was that all it was? Something like that. I think they, they break it down. Oh, sorry. It's ten hours. Yeah. Ten hours and ten miles are wildly different. Yeah, sorry. They're ten hours. They're ten hours. Two towns, ten hours apart. That's the beginning of the movie. Uh... I will say, I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. Uh, one thing on that same note, uh, there was a point in the movie where, like, this is really funny. This all right. So we've talked about Lord of the Ring, Lord of the Rings ending. Oh, we've talked gosh, about right. Lord of the Rings beginning. This yeah. had Lord of the Rings first act, and what they did <laughs> was they ended the time frame they were in 
and then dipped back twice because they forgot to tell you something. <laughs> well, forgot is generous. Uh, they intentionally didn't tell you because apparently they thought playing with structure would make this more entertaining as opposed to mm. just wildly frustrating. Yeah, and uh, bad. Uh, yeah. Um, the uh, I'm going to jump to something that's... I'm going to say something that's quite spoilery because it's at the end, but I'm going to say it in the least spoilery way possible. Mm-hmm. The phone call between the two sheriffs in the final 15 minutes of the movie, in the 1960s, in two places in two states 10 hours apart, we're supposed to buy that this person knows this other person is going to call him up just out of the blue? I don't even remember what you're talking about. <laughs> I think I, I think at that point I was so done. <laughs> so Sebastian Stan was one of the sheriffs. Right. And he gets a call from a... Sh- he's a sheriff in Ohio. Sure, whatever. When, when he gets the call from, <laughs> He's a sheriff at one end of the 10-mile stretch. He gets a call from the sheriff in West Virginia about one of the shitty preachers we see in this movie. Mm-hmm. And how that person met their demise. And he... he yeah, yeah, okay. Call. Right, right. How the fuck do these guys know each other? That's right. Why would they be calling each other? There isn't it like some internet database that could put them in contact with each other. Mm-hmm. It's the 1960s. No. Like I just what even happened there? You know it, it, it's the 1960s. I want to point something out there like they 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 said in the in the uh in the synopsis it says it on Netflix when you're watching it it says post war. Uh I mean yes in the way that everything is. <laughs> Well, no. So. Maybe maybe twenty minutes of the movie is actually directly post-war. <laughs> well, no, because this is actually during war. Because remember, the movie starts with Willard coming back from World War II. Yes, and then we get a time. Which jump. I assumed was our post-war setup. <laughs> well, then we get a time jump, and then we get another time jump, which I think is mm. dated at 1957. Mm. And then we get another time jump. Mm-hmm. And that is during the Vietnam War. Right. Right. So not post anymore, during. Yes. Yeah. So like it started post-war because Willard literally comes back from World War II. It's, but it, we're always post-war. We're always post-A-war. Leave well, that out of the synopsis. <laughs> well, let's, let's be fair. The past hundred years... We're always simultaneously pre, post, and current concurrently. <laughs> so, like, this is America. Oh, this has been the, yeah. the truth for 100 years. Since World War I, even before that, Spanish-American War. Let's call yeah. it since the Spanish-American War, we have always been pre, post, and currently fighting a war. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that's fair. Um Oh man, this movie was tough to get through. Uh, well, it's not tough to get through. It's tough to wrap up. Uh, it's weirdly, well, Lord it Green. does. It keeps you relatively engaged just by raising tensions throughout the movie. But at the same time, you're constantly. Anytime you're given thirty seconds to yourself, you're like, "What am I doing here?" Well, this is the type of movie where I was trying to find downtime to do other things. Mm. But I was never quite sure if I actually had dine- downtime in that moment. Because right. they can never let me decide if, or cause they can never decide if, this is a moment for quiet character development, this is a moment for narration, or this is a moment for something's about to happen. So right. I could never tell if that one of those three things was going to happen. 
And so I'm trying to get some things done while trying to watch this movie. And cause like, okay, important scene. Let me put the phone down. Let me watch. Oh, yeah. not important scene. We're just going to have like Western style, quiet character development where nothing's actually happening. I don't have to pay a hundred percent attention for this 90 seconds. You know what I mean? Mm. I can never tell what was going, like what was going on in that regard. Yeah. Like, no, that's fair. I, uh, I'd like to I'd like to dive into tweet length review number two. Okay. What do you get when you punch in horrible people and religion ranked by Southern cliche plus Nightmare Dudley into the Netflix algorithm? <laughs> the devil all the time. <laughs> Five out of ten. I, I, I don't even <laughs> want to give this one the benefit of the doubt of being an algorithm movie because this movie felt I didn't like it. It wasn't good. <laughs> this the, that delivery was perfection. This movie felt I didn't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Well, I just want to I just want to be clear. Like when we talk about those things like the algorithm movie, like talk mm-hmm. about another Dudley Dursley movie with the old guard, which we liked. Yeah. But that was an algorithm movie. We're talking sure. about Bird Box, which we didn't like. Woo! Big. Yeah. Big algorithm energy. And this felt another movie I didn't like. Much more close to Roma. Like, you can't accuse that of being an algorithm. No, movie. That was- no, I... I, the way that I see it is more that, like, somebody got their hands on the little box that they could type things into, <laughs> and they typed in these obscure things, and this is what it spit out. No, this was a particular story. Not a good one, but a particular story that to the Campos <laughs> brothers wanted to tell for sure. I don't know what reasons. I have not read anything about it. interviews, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if this is, like, something they grew up in, something they heard about from like one of their parents or something like that, or if it's just a, a topic that fascinated them. Like this is a, this is clearly a passion project. This is a movie that they wanted to do. This is a story they wanted to tell. So I'm, I don't want to taint them with the brush of the Netflix algorithm. This succeeds or fails because they wanted to make it. Ooh. Yeah. The, uh, that makes it so much worse thinking about it in the concept, like uh, in the confines of they wanted to tell this story. <laughs> Listen, they're not all winners. Woo. Woo. I uh I I will say like watching it I was like there were there were parts of it there was shooting style, there was story style that I was like, "Oh, this feels like kind of feels like one of the Cohen brothers flicks that I've seen." And I I know that I'm on the outside with them. I don't care for them from what I've seen. And um, that's what it felt like to me. Fargo is really good. I don't mm-hmm. know that I love it the way that like the consensus does, but it is a very good movie. Um, no Country for Old Men is a very good movie. I think No Country for Old Men is an okay movie. I thought it was really good. But and now I'm struggling to think of any other Cohen movies, to be perfectly honest. But mm-hmm. uh, those two are good movies. I can understand what you're where you're getting at. Like some of like the lighting and framing of some of the, but, sh- but you know what? I also i I should be clear about that. Like, I don't think that like it's silly if you like their movies. I think they're just not for me. Like, I for whatever yeah. reason, I don't. I like I can appreciate 
what you might like about their movies. I just don't really like it. And that's how I felt about this, except I also felt like it wasn't good, <laughs> which is like the other side of it. You know, I just realized now I was trying to look um, because I just realized as we were talking about it, I was going to say it's not just Cohen things. It was things based on stuff because um, what's it called? Uh, no Country for Old Men was was that a Cormac McCarthy book? I want to say. Um, and this was I remember seeing at the end of this movie that it was in categories of like movies based on books. And I forgot to mm. look up who wrote the book. I know the screenplay was written by the Campos. And so I looked up and it was Donald Ray Pollock, who was the narrator of the movie. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of a cool note. A, yeah. Interesting. But, uh, oh man, it's a, it's funny. It's like one of those weird things where like during, like while I was watching it, I was like, I feel like this could potentially get good. I feel like surely, surely these characters will connect in some meaningful way. Well, they did. No, no, they just connected. <laughs> well, sorry, let me differentiate. They didn't connect in a good way, but it was meaningful. Yeah. Happenstance. <laughs> well, the it was convenient and happenstance. How they connected but it was pretty meaningful considering three of the four of them died mm. <laughs> mm. um there was a one of my notes for like you know still still pre-spoiler talk um i'm i'm okay with a movie that's about nothing i'm okay with a show that's about nothing Seinfeld? um like it's just like a I kind of can I can actually really get behind like snapshot storytelling. I kind of like that in some degree. Usually, usually what you get out of that is a lot of character development. Uh, You get to like you get the unfolding of who a person is and how they go through a day. You can kind of dissect it a little bit. and It could be fun to watch. Well, we did that Uh, last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't understand like. That's what this was trying to do, I feel like. It wasn't that long of a stretch of time. There's, there's Obviously, there's time jumps and there's stretches in there. But it's almost like I don't understand. Like I, I, I haven't figured out at the point at which it will rub me the wrong way. This one did. I didn't like this one. It suffered from not being able to decide if it wanted to tell one clear story with other things going on or if it wanted to be a series of interconnected vignettes with an ensemble Mm. because it tries to be both of those things and you can't be both of those things. Right. Cause that's why that's a good point. Like choppy pacing and stories that get kind of left off and like start to feel confusing when details matter, like especially Mm -hmm. in the Arvin storyline, the details really matter to make you feel anything about that storyline. And I kept feeling like I was losing track of some of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. Now with, within this, the only thing that I, I kind of wonder if the thing that kept me engaged enough to finish it, because like, there's a, there's a good chance that there's another situation with a movie like this where I don't finish it. Where like it's it's been very rare that I have bailed on a movie. I mean, there's like a handful of times that I have. I almost um, didn't, but I would have felt really guilty if I sat down to record with you and we we're like, oh yeah, I had ten minutes after the movie and I didn't finish it. 
I, I honestly, I don't know that I would have blamed you. Um, but there was four eventually. Yeah, I dude, I'm with you. Like it, because you were right before. Like you were saying, like oh, like there's enough to kind of keep you intrigued and like compelled to keep watching, to like, but just enough, just enough. Like, because they they do go a little bit with, like, the whole pot boiler thing, but mm. it's like someone keeps, it's like you keep walking out of the room and someone keeps turning the heat off. Yeah, I, it's weird, man. Like, um, the, the, I will say Tom Holland is a very good actor. I like him. I think he's fantastic. I think he did a really good job with what he was given in this movie. Yeah. I think that um, Bill Skarsgård will just forever creep me out. He's always going to do things that creep me out. <laughs> well, it seems like he's really committing to the bit of just going all in on everything. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. The only time he hasn't been like playing at an 11 was what the um, atomic blonde. Like that's the only thing I can think of like, mm-hmm. off the top of my head where he wasn't like super over the top in it. It's funny because his face creeps me out a little bit, even though he doesn't really look like himself from it. Like there's enough makeup and like CGI and prosthetic that it's yeah. like, but like, it's kind of always in the back of my mind that it's him. Well, you know what it is? He does intense eyes and he has those eyes in it. Like sure. He has contact lenses, but it's but, the like, same yes. eye shape and look and focus. That is yeah. that character. So like the framing of his eyes are like the same. Yeah. 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 But um, I think he's 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 good. I wouldn't say uh-huh. he's the best actor. I think that he definitely goes all like all in, like you said. Uh, like I said, Tom Holland. I think is I think Tom Holland's fantastic. I really like him. Um, Robert Pattinson. Lately, I've seen him in a couple things now. I think he's actually a very good actor. Uh, maybe lay off the accent. Well, <laughs> I I kind of had a note about that as well. I hated his voice in this movie. Ooh. Now, I want to... I don't know if I can actually... I was going to say I want to be clear because I don't know if I actually can get a clear thought on that. I don't think it was bad in the sense of, like, it was a poor performance. It's just a bad voice. That's the thing. It was a choice. It It could have been... It could have been real, but maybe somebody should have been like, do something else. (laughs) You know, like, just, just... Well, because like there's sometimes like when you hear like a performance or like someone putting on a voice, it's like, oh no, oh that's not good. Yeah, like I didn't feel like that. I'm just like, if I heard a person in the world with this voice, I would do everything in my power to not speak with this person at any. Sure, I like, just don't yeah. want to hear it. Don't want to hear you anymore. Yes. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um. So at this point, has Jason Clark just been typecasted as kind of dirty guy? I just think he likes not having to shave for roles. Right? That's what it seems like. He, uh, Although, you know what? That's actually not totally fair because he was very clean cut in Terminator Genesis. He plays John Connor. Was he clean cut? Yes, because he's wearing a suit the whole movie. He's well shaved. I mean, not in the, the future scenes, but when mm. he comes back and he's, mm. he's the Terminator, he is very, like, well put together in those. Do you think that when he's clean cut, it's, like, CGI? Because I feel like he's just perpetually grizzly. Well, it's funny <laughs> he's, got he's, per- he's got permanent beard. Well, if you go back <laughs> to his, like, older roles, though, or, like, his further back roles, 
he was always like clean shaven and all that. Like Death Race, yeah. always very well oh, shaven. I haven't seen Death Race, but I know of it, and I that was a blast from the past. So that's a movie that I wanted to see and just didn't get to. That's a good bad movie. Mm. Like it's definitely bad, but it's entertaining. Yeah, uh, I think something else came out that week, which is the <laughs> only reason I didn't see it. And I, like, I'm serious. Like that was the time. That was the time frame where every single Friday I was at the movies. Every yeah, yeah, yeah. single Friday. Uh, was he Grizzly in in Public Enemies? Was he was he Grizzly in Public Enemies or was he? Clean? I don't know. The thing is, even if he didn't have the beard, I think I'd still see it. The thing is, I was watching <laughs> five minutes of that movie like a week ago too, and I I know he was on screen. I don't recall what he looked like. Hmm. Mm. Um. Sebastian Stan. Fat. Hmm. <laughs> uh. So we do like a ten. What is it like a ten year time jump? Um, I forget exactly what how long it was, but there was time. And okay. to f- signify the passage of time, his cheeks get bigger. Well, he got fat, and he progressively throughout the movie put more chewing tobacco in his jaw. So, okay, that's what it looks like. But it's in both sides of his face, and it yeah. is so Full clearly moon. a prosthetic. Full moon, half moon, whatever. Uh, it's uh, not along, along the whole bottom. Yeah, but it's like it's not that, chewing the tobacco in, though. In the scene at that at the end, he's chewing. He's actually going and chewing in between mm. lines. Okay, I didn't see that. All I noticed was his face looked funny, and then I was like, "You don't look any older." You they you like they they have a makeup department. <laughs> you don't ever see him spit. I don't think, but sure, that might have helped. But if you watch him, he's fidgeting. I mean, he's on edge. He's fidgeting in the way that you would to like readjust the chewing tobacco in your jaw. Yeah, and I was thinking more along the lines of like he's just uncomfortable because they stuck this garbage on his face. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, the way I viewed it was his nervous tick was like you know like how like some people when they chew gum and like they get agitated they start chewing more aggressively. Hmm. Hmm. I think I would have gotten on board with it if it was one side. I think he was doing like the half moon, like a like. Yeah. You know, a lot of times when you see it, like they put like a little pouch in, like the fucking degenerate like chewing tobacco people, like they will put like a whole fucking. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that whole concept is insane to me. Yes. They just the whole thing. <laughs> this is again. These are choices. <laughs> yes. Well, but anyway, I was curious. I guess it was just to be the passage of time, but. Uh, or maybe it's just because he doesn't have to stay in shape to be the Winter Soldier all the time, but he got fat. Mm. No, no, the fat is part of the character. Well, I'm, I'm not saying he didn't do it for the role. I'm sure he did it for. No, the no, role. I don't think he. I don't think he's actually heavy in the role. I think he has. I think he has something on. You think he has a fat suit on? I think so. And the reason why I say that is his proportions are completely off for a heavy person. As a heavy person. <laughs> well, you realize that not all heavy people have the same dimensions, right? I do, I do, but he like didn't. You, you like... and I are both too large, and we are not shaped the same way. That, that, that's fair, but like, no, like that was a there was a they put a they like there was a strap on gut on him, and he just doesn't have it in the early years. He gets heavier in the movie. Well, but that's why I think regardless it's regardless of chewing tobacco and prosthetic, like his face is not the normal shape that it. Early on, it is. In the early scene where you don't see him that much, he's on the screen a couple of times. And it's like, also in the dark, too. It's in the past. He's not, yeah, he's not heavy, though. No, I know. I'm thinking mostly of him in, like, the more, like, later years. Like, 
Yeah. Role like he just seemed, and like, I mean, the part of it could just be costume because they gave him a too small jacket, but like he was really struggling. Okay. To fat guy in a little coat. Fat guy in a little. He was. Coat. He was a fat guy. In a little coat. <laughs> like they make a, like a point of showing him fidget with it and adjust it before he like assassinates those guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a stupid scene. So there's a handful. See, that was of- one of the few scenes that was actually kind of like compelling. Yeah, maybe if the story, maybe if we were going to tell a story about this guy. But no, we get bits of it. Well, he's going for re-election and they don't want him and they clearly sure. have some, something on him. And so he's going to kill them. But, it's like, but there's like a movie about this guy that could work. There's a or, movie about Tom Holland's character that could work. It feels like they needed to. What for? <laughs> this could have been better. If they devoted the same amount of time... Full stop. <laughs> yeah. If they devoted the same amount of time that they did to the three main storylines, but wrote two of them better. Because the Sheriff storyline could have been really interesting if mm-hmm. they ever got to the point of it. Well, but that, that's what I'm saying. The Sheriff storyline could, could have been good if they told the story. They just yes. didn't tell the story. And the and the Jason Clark and which one was she? Um, Sandy. Yeah, Riley Q. Like if the Carl two and men, Sandy. Yeah, Carl and Sandy. If Carl and Sandy, if they ever gave us like a sense of what they were trying to accomplish, like if they were serial killers and like they were trying to mm. figure out how they were being performatively serial killers, they kept re-explaining the same thing without ever actually explaining it right and if they wrote that section well and gives a better sense of the area they were working and why that all mattered Mm -hmm. and their relationship with the sheriff sebastian stan boddicker and why he was trying to do what he was trying to do and how tenuous his grasp on the thing was if those two storylines were more well written with the time that was devoted to them then the whole movie would have worked a lot better or yeah. do what you did in like 50% of the time and devote more time to the Arvin story. Sure. Yeah, that, that too. It's funny. You, you talk about that. You talk about uh, Sandy and Carl. You talk about Arvin. You talk about the sheriff. It's I'm reminded of, and I said, like, there's a there's some movies that can do a thing like this, like whether it's a not a not a story, just like a snapshot that works for me. Um, there's some movies that combine multiple sets of characters that have fully fleshed out storylines that I really enjoy. I'm, I'm reminded of once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, like, like the, there's like two core characters that we follow. There is another side character that like, we get enough about that almost makes them main. And then we have like the, this, this loom, the looming threat, the serial, the cult killer, threat like that's there that is also established and it's like the only i feel like it's just as kind of it's out there like that movie's out there too but like they, they pepper in some comedy it's also very long and they take their time with everything uh that being said if this movie were to be longer no i don't i you would not have you wouldn't have finished it and i don't know that i would have either yeah that's just probably not uh, done but like oh at, like how about this like even like you can legitimately like I understand like it was kind of interesting like or could have been interesting there's a creepy there's a creepy vignette that is Dudley Dursley right where he's this 
super creepy, super intense preacher with his brother, who, let's face it, we mention twice and then never see again. You know, if this was the algorithm, this movie would be the best example you would need to show that it's broken and needs to be fixed. Because what keeps returning Dudley Dursley as, like, in the movies? Because he's in the old guard, he's in this, in fairly small... But also crazy. He's got to come in, he's also got to be nuts. Nuts. (laughs) Um, Fairly small screen time, but, like, important to the story. Mm -hmm. But, like, how does he keep popping up in these movies? But, okay, is he important to the story? Because I'm thinking that if you cut him out entirely, him and his brother, you cut them out entirely, it changes nothing. Well, no, because someone had to kill, what's her name? No, you just write her differently. Slightly differently. You just change who? um, It was Mia was... was Charlotte? No, Charlotte was the mother. Charlotte was Arben's mother. Hmm. Is Mia Wasikowski Wasikowska the one from- Lenora? Yes, N- no. Lenora was the sister. Lenora Isn't was that who we're the- talking Nora. about. Yeah. No. Oh, you're talking about Helen. who? Helen. Gotcha. Gotcha. The- she- he he killed Helen. Yeah. Um, Lenora. Oh, we're was- we're in spoiler territory, but by now I'm hoping that we've convinced you not to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Lenora was Dudley and Mia Wasikowska's daughter. Uh, Helen. Right, 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 right. Someone had to kill Helen. Nah, Helen could have just run away. Like, it doesn't, like, what I'm saying is, like, they, they connected it just so that the sister could be part of the family, but they're, like, she could have been written in. She could have been an adoption. She could have been anything. It, well, honestly, also, it, also to connect the other storylines because the two of them kill him. Sandy and Carl kill him. Yeah, but that's it. That's the old, that's it. This is a complex, twisted web. Of nonsense. Well, sure. <laughs> but anyway, so let, now, like, let's not forget, the brother just disappears out of the story entirely. He's yeah, he was wheelchair Never man. mentioned, never caught. Um, was he? Yeah, I know, because they had a, a wheelchair hilariously attached to the back of the car. Not right. hilarious that it was a wheelchair, just the way in which it was fastened yeah. to the car was hilarious. Right. Because, yeah, I... Well, so here's the thing. I think he wheels him into the church in the beginning, in the mm-hmm. wheelchair, but I totally forgot about that. Yeah. So that later when there was a wheelchair in the back of the car, I was like, wait, why do they have a wheelchair? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, when Dudley goes missing, he slides his way across the car. I was like, oh, he was in a wheelchair before, wasn't he? That's where it came from. Right. Right. But like, right. there's never any note conversation of it. Not that there like had to be, but it was just like such a weird detail. Yeah, I guess it was just strange. to show him being abandoned because he couldn't like go out and find his brother. I guess because um, that's the only like story reason that one could possibly imagine that he would be in a wheelchair. Yeah, like but okay, so like there is an entire movie that could be based around Dudley's character. Um, I'm sorry, I feel bad that I keep doing that. What's his name? About around Harry Melling's character that uh, like that could be like an, its own super creepy thriller movie. Oh, so could the whole thing with Robert Pattinson's character. 100%. You know, but when you, like, when you mash very, them all together, it breaks. There was a big, like, Ed Kowalczyk live, like, what's it called? Um, what's that song? Damn it, what's the name of that song? I always forget what it's called. Lightning Crashes? There's a big Lightning Crashes ver- like, <laughs> vibe to this where 
know, you have this one creepy priester. The, 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 I just turned preacher and priest into one word. I liked that. I like creepy priester. It's one creepy preacher who is like abusing girls in backwoods areas where no one's going to know and killing them. And he dies and then a new one is born and rises up out of the, you know, like in the cycle. Yeah. You know the song I'm talking about, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. we've got a whole lightning crash situation here. Yeah. Yeah. Lightning uh, crashes. Uh, <laughs> creepy preacher dies. <laughs> Priester. Priester. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. It's uh, the, it was like he was super intense. Actually, that's why I think that it actually could, that could make for an interesting thriller horror movie. Also, what exactly was going on with that spider CGI? Ah, uh, Netflix. Well, it's just I understand we want to show the spiders on his face. Sure. And we're going to CGI the spiders because fair enough. Yeah. But when the cluster of thirty of them tumbled down his face on the left that side, that was weird. Yeah. What like what specifically was happening in that moment? Because we got a couple of them scurrying on his face. They were all crawling over each other. And then, but then they they literally snowballed. Yeah, because they were all still like on top of each other. But only the ones on this side of his face, not the ones That's on right. this side of his face. That's right. Are you not familiar with with spider gravity? No, I'm. <laughs> I'm I am familiar with spider couture, though. So what about you? Well, that's what I was getting at. We've had a lot of weird spider conversations today. Uh, that's why uh, I said couture because we we're t- yeah. I know. <laughs> we, turned, we, uh-huh. we we accessorized a creepy Kashyyyk spider from Star Wars: Fallen Order today in the the, uh, <laughs> the flicks in a six slack. It's so gross. The idea and is so gross. I think I've gotten you with juicy spiders twice now. I think you have. Yeah, because I like I said that was a one hundred percent intention. It makes me. It's a. It's a. It's a combination of words that makes me have. I have a physical reaction. I know. I'm watching it happen on your face. Oh, you know the little lump when you feel like you might throw up. (laughs) That's what. That's what the words "juicy spider" (laughs) do. You would not disagree that the Wishok, the the alpha, the albino Wishok was a juicy spider. Oh yeah, that's fair. I also sliced the hell out of it with my lightsaber. (laughs) Did anyone else get, because there was like no reaction to it specifically, that I was doing the thing where like, if a horse wore pants, how would they wear them? And they show it. Yeah, and I got you. (laughs) Four legs that are up its ass. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, We have this this juicy spider wearing pink sweatpants. That's a juicy on the back. That's a juicy on the back. (laughs) Across the butt. Um, he's, a, he's a basic bitch. So, character we haven't talked too much about, Robert Pattinson's Priester. Happy uh, <laughs> Priester. Um, he, uh... What was his name? He nailed the creepiness. He also takes the cake for... Uh, in, in a movie where all of it is my least favorite moment, he takes the cake... <laughs> yes! I got you! All of it is my least favorite. I a couple of things that I have on here. So like the the two notes that I have for actually the least favorite moment are Robert Pattinson's accent. Now that's a that's a reoccurring moment, but it is one of my least favorite. Uh, and then two is what like and this is honestly this is one of those things where like sometimes I choose a least favorite moment as in a well done. I wasn't supposed to like this. 
I was supposed to get the reaction. That's what you were trying to do is make me hate this person, make me hate this thing. Uh, the only like, the only time I felt connected to a character was the woman that made the chicken livers, and when he became a total dick in church, and was like, "I'm gonna eat these so that y'all don't have to eat them." <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> you know, like that whole thing. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, really you know, bothered me. How did that moment not sell all of them? Like, this guy sucks. We're going to a different. Yeah. Church. Yeah, you know what should have sold them before that was the way that he ate it with his two fingers, where he dipped it into the juice. <laughs> and yeah, that was entirely too sexual. <laughs> yeah, didn't like chicken, it. These are chicken livers. Yeah, I think uh, maybe that was foreshadowing. Oh. His finger is a chicken livers. <laughs> but seriously, God, he sucked. I- how did she not just go up and start bitch slapping him after that whole speech about the chicken livers? That was the well, fucked up thing I've ever heard of. I mean, Tom Holland was going to do it. He was prepared to do it. And at the end of the day, he got his. <laughs> which actually leads me to my favorite moment. It was during the scene in which Tom Holland kills, or when Arvin kills Preacher Teagarden. Oh, 100%. You throw the, when you throw the good book at Tom Holland <laughs> and he accidentally fires at you and is like, I'll take it. <laughs> Literally threw the book at him. But no, that's not even my favorite part. My mm. favorite part was how awkward that whole scene was. Yeah. And like the rising, almost like the the sound like crescendoing in a couple times in like the Dark Knight where like, you know, it just feels like that's like that eh, yeah. is going on in the background is, you know, he's executing this whole thing where he's He's got his hat down, he's talking, and it's like, it takes the preacher way too long to realize he's describing what he did, and then he says it and gives up the game. Like, before he even figures out, like, what's going on there, and then, like, he's soon to die, but, like, he's, uh, the guy is giving a confession, nominally, like, like Arvin is nominally giving a confession when the preacher Mm -hmm. doesn't realize it's Arvin. Right. Which the congregation's not that big. He should have probably recognized him using the hat. Sure, yeah. He's the guy in the town that wears a hat. Yeah. yeah. And all denim. Yeah. All denim. <laughs> also, the only person who is the exact stature and voice and look. That's right. That's right. In this town of six, you <laughs> yeah. would think he would know who is. <laughs> That's my point. Um, but it's super awkward. The preacher is, like, toying with him during his, like supposedly tearful confession, like from the perspective sure. of he's putting on an act to elicit a response. The preacher is seemingly started off sincerely giving, you know, like taking his confession and he's like cracking jokes about like him having sex and stuff like that. Yeah. And <laughs> I actually started laughing because before the tension fully reaches there with <laughs> he's like, like it's almost like he's getting off asking for more details. Yeah. And Arvin because. <laughs> She was going down on me with, you know, her mouth and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of the 40-year-old virgin when he says, big bag of sand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think Absolutely. I know how to talk about this stuff, but... Oh, my God. It's so... That's, that's actually... That is really funny. But, uh... I will say, like, uh, it's it's so weird to have a movie that, that just... It just fails but also can do some very specific detail-oriented things that are spot-on. Like, when Tom Holland shoots Robert Pattinson and then finishes him off, 
and then goes to clean up after himself and take the casings and they're hot. Like that, like just thinking about like they're hot. Like, yeah, that makes sense. And the fact that they actually did that, I was like, oh, that's funny. What a weird thing to only pay attention to when you were writing this. <laughs> I really struggled through you saying he finished him off and then goes to clean up after himself. <laughs> Especially considering all the, the innuendo that was going on 90 seconds before that. Especially that. considering that the casing was hot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's uncomfortable. Um, much like watching this film. <laughs> much like watching this preacher fuck a bunch of 15-year-old girls. Priester. This creepy priester fucking a bunch of 15-year-old girls. That's right. There's something particular, like, it's actually very intentional. It was a, it was actually well done, I think, by the filmmakers. Oh, there's something so gross about he drives his car out there, and this young girl rides her bike out there. And then they fuck. And then she gets back on her bike to ride home. Yeah. Like, that really does frame the whole, this is wrong. This man is fucking this girl. Mm -hmm. Like, it's disgusting. But that's like what you were saying, like, this whole thing. Like, this is bad in the sense that I am tangibly wearing the discomfort of the scene. And that's 100% intentional. Like, Like, that actually was a good job. Sure. I hate it because I feel like I need to take a shower. But absolutely, like, that's but that's design. the that's the that's the weird thing, right? They did they did details very viscerally, like very. Uh, oh yeah, like when you see there was a like, lot of intention between that. Some of the stuff with Carl and Sandy, with how mm-hmm. they were going about their little ritual. Uh, you're watching Dexter. You should understand the ritual, right? That's right. Like there was definitely some. Like good parallels to that about like the idea of psychopathic serial killers, sure, and the ritual and mantras that they get into, and how like the the rites that they go through in their act are super important to what they're trying to accomplish. Even if they can't, I was a little harsh earlier. Like I didn't really get why they were doing it, but like that's kind of the part of it, right? Like Dexter has a very clear detail where it's like. I need to kill criminals because that's the closest I can come to morality in my life. Plus also it's like, I know both implicitly and explicitly that that's the only way I can channel this and not get caught. Whereas Mm -hmm. for them, and I think that's more probably true to the experience of a psychopath of a serial killer is they can't like, they can kind of give you the details of what they're doing, but not why they all come together into that thing. Right. But just that it's super important to do all those things. And, you know, they, let's check into a hotel. Let's pick up a person. Let's go out to have a picnic. Let's have the sex. Let's take the pictures. Let's kill the person. Like, Fra- that phrasing was fantastic. Let's have well, these because, well, no, because they're not doing it for the sex. They're doing it as a step of yeah. the ritual. So I'm trying to divorce it from the whole desirous act and the fact that it's a box checking. Mm-hmm. Like they're not doing it because they like sex; they're doing it because it's a part of their act. Yeah. So I'm trying to make it as impersonal as possible because I think that's actually important to what's going on there. Hmm. Um. So I did find like that whole thing interesting. I found Carl's portrayal and the couple of times they really let him like explore the space, like as disgusting as it was. That whole scene when they show him 
uh, when they killed um, the the young army guy. Yeah. And they show, because like, then they flash back to him as he's, you know, they've shot him and he's like, sh- that's the first time they really take the mask off and show you him in action trying like to doing, get them. Doing the thing. Yeah. Doing the thing, doing the ritual and getting the pictures right. of this dying man. Like that was, you know, it's gross, but it's again, it's intentionally gross. And mm-hmm. I actually thought that was pretty well executed. And also it gives you an opportunity to see the crack forming between him and Sandy because she's totally not into it anymore. And she's just right. going through the motions of this act, whereas Carl is continuing to refine and place greater importance on like the steps of the act. And you start to realize, like, oh, she's not actually a serial killer and psychopath. He is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, the, yeah, the, the, again, again, an entire movie around those two creep shows. Awesome. Compelling story to be ta- told there, right? Of also, like her infatuation with him and then like the turn of her away from his practice. Like that's, there's a whole movie there that could be, that could be a, a decent, decent movie. I say decent, like it wouldn't be like a compelling, like, Oh, I'm, I'm so excited to watch this. It would be like a good thriller drama, like psych, maybe psych thriller really. Yeah. But like, like there's, there's interesting pieces throughout the entire movie. They just, they don't connect or jive well. Because then even at the end there, right, she's trying to break free. But you don't even like 100% realize it. <laughs> you don't even 100% realize it. Like, you know, she was considering leaving, but then she doesn't. Yeah. And then she's, you know, she makes the call to the cops, I guess. Or maybe it was the family of that guy. I don't even know. Right. From the mm-hmm. payphone. But then, like, they don't do anything with it. And, like, she's like, yeah. She just seems like she's trying to buck up against not choosing Arvin specifically. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the narrator has to come in over the top and be like, she wants to leave. It's like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. but like, I guess I, I like if we had built to that properly and then didn't rush the end. It was like just like they ran out of time for her to like have her change of heart and tragically not get out of there. Like, like that could have been a lot more interesting if they had a little bit more time to do it. Right. No, that's that's fair. I um, man, I it's. <sighs> The, this this was a we we haven't done a we haven't done a, a flop in a while. This was a flop. Yeah. So uh, I do have a question. Yeah, hit me. I, explain to me how we chose this movie specifically because okay, so I was real excited about it. Yeah, why? That's, I guess that's so. I so recently, well, first, well, honestly, they they got it was it was purely marketing, right? It was I like Tom, I really really like Tom Holland. I. I very much behind Robert Pattinson right now. I had just seen Tenet uh, and this trailer played and I was like, oh, like trailer's actually not bad. The trailer's pretty, pretty good at, tell- at doing nothing really, but like raising tension through music and random words, basically. Um, I didn't see the trailer for this. I was like, oh, like I got excited. I was like, oh, I really want to watch this. We should do this. It's new. It'll be fun. Uh, I'm sure it'll be, it'll, it'll, it'll be good, right? It seems like it'll be good. Um, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's, well, that's well, how it came about. Because I had seen something a day or two before you messaged me and about it. And it was like people talking online about like, oh, this new like Pattinson movie, this new Holland movie. I was like, it's like, oh, OK, that's kind of interesting. But I didn't even get like the name of it. Mm. And then like you just texted me on like whatever it was a Friday or Saturday night. We're doing devil all the time. I was like can't because i'm literally sitting down yep. five five minutes into glengarry glen ross like let's do it next week 
And I didn't really know anything about it. We didn't talk about it. And then, like, I sat down to watch the movie, and I was like, what is this exactly? It's funny, because I had mentioned it on the weekend, and I guess Dominic and Emily watched it on Sunday night, or Monday night? Monday night. And he was, like, basically live-tweeting his misery through the movie. (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's funny, because I mentioned, like, Cormac McCarthy earlier, who I did, in fact, write No Country for Old Men. He wrote The Road as well. I don't know if you ever saw that. That was super depressing. I think I did. Yeah. And did I see that? Maybe I didn't see that. The one with I Viva know of Mortensen. it, though. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, but it's so dark and depressing. Mo- I don't more- think I actually saw it. I think I got all of that, though. <laughs> more, more coherent than this movie, though. Mm-hmm. Less technically going on overall, but more coherent. Mm-hmm. And... So he, he's like, this is this might be worse than the road. I was like, oh boy, I uh, what are we getting into here? I was like, because I don't like I didn't want I, I didn't want him to confuse that like I recommended like oh like this is a good movie you should watch it like, mm-hmm. for whatever reason the two of them want to watch it and I I know I had mentioned it and that put it on the radar that we were doing it for the show this week and I was like yeah I haven't watched it yet but that's uh, that's a tough to hear <laughs> yeah. Matt, I will say, so, okay, let's, let's getting, circling back to, like, the one thing, like, if we want to talk about continuity, storytelling, um, there was something going on here. There was this, there was the, obviously, there was the long-standing throughout the entire movie, there's the religious undertone, right? There is the whole preacher family, couple of, couple of psycho preachers, and it, they're showing you this world where they're basically taking advantage of the people in the town, right? Of the people, because they are, they, they've... Whether or not they realize it, like Robert Pattinson's pr- priester, he knows what he's doing. Whereas the other one genuinely believes that he's right. Well, so just, yeah, literal God complex. That's right. So there's that. Now, what they do, the through line here, is they, everything that happens to Tom Holland's Arvin throughout the movie after, like, from, like, going forward, like, in his quest for um, basically setting things right. He gets lucky every time. And every time it's more or less portraying itself as almost like a he's actually the righteous character, which is why the universe is working out in his favor. That's like a, a silly thing that they're trying to do. Whereas a um, more cynical watcher, it's just coincidence. They didn't even mm-hmm. cheat and give him the JC initials. Because that's what they <laughs> No, because that's like a real thing. Like Grapes of Wrath. Yeah. John, John Casey is the Jesus figure. Um, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of other it, like oh J- John Coffey in um, in the Green Mile. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of like instances of that in movie literature where the character has initials JC because they are supposed to be the Jesus Christ. Now this is just this is just plain old Arvin and the Chipmunks, and he is going wow. through. <laughs> uh, but no, so like there's like you know the the first kill right when he uh, when he kills Robert Pattinson. With the book gets thrown at him, like he just pulls the trigger and he hits him, so he's able to to finish that. But he does have to finish him off. <laughs> he does have to finish him off and clean up the mess. The uh, <laughs> then there's then there's when he's uh, with the two serial killers. Her gun has blanks in it. He would have been dead. But the he gun- does get the drop on Carl. Oh yeah, Carl he gets, but the girl would have killed him. Yes, they would have killed each other, but yes. he would have also been dead. Had her gun not had blanks in it. And that was more of like, oh, he got like, you know, he got lucky. 
And like they, I feel like they're trying to like put push on you like that. He's he's trying to do the right thing here, where well, like it, it's gray, but he's doing it for like a a just cause. And we know that because later on he says, "I'm not a bad person. I just had to yeah. do the things." That's right. I'm not a bad person. As he uh, reflexively shoots the sheriff. <laughs> I'm not a bad person. As he lures the sheriff into his shot. Yeah. I'm over here. <laughs> not not reflexively at all. Was luring him into his kill zone. No, lured, lured him in, but like actually getting the shot off on time the way that it happened because he does get shot at in that scene. Yes. Um, but his shot counts. And again, it seems more of a reflex when he pulls the trigger. But uh, it, it, I don't know. They're just. It, it seems like they were very heavily hinting that like the god was on his side kind of thing throughout yeah. each of those scenes but i was it was it's just not it didn't work there definitely does seem to be a theme of like he is god's like strong red arm and is gonna right. go, like meet out justice to the people who need it yeah yeah Ugh. man i don't want to watch this ever again nope no need no uh, the more that i think about it the more that i think that five might be too generous <laughs> no, because I do think there was some legitimately good things, some artistic things, like the way that certain scenes were framed and shot mm-hmm. was really good. There was some like important like character moments that where we got like good close ups and we got there was a couple of decent little like monologues and scenes. And yeah, like that. some of the things we mentioned is like kind of like call it the minutia in the sense of like it's like oh like that's actually like a really well like written scene or really like well established like shot or bit of motivation or whatever it's sure. just that the like the macro of this movie is so poor yeah yeah well glad that's over yeah okay. you got anything else on this one no i think i'm good well then that's all for this week's episode of flicks in the six we hope you enjoyed it as always if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss you can send those requests to flicks in the six at this or tweet us at this tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness until then i'm anthony costanzo and i'm yawning Thanks for coming out. <laughs>